Today, we're going to navigate the choppy waters of when the assistant principal expresses interest in your job, applies for that job, interviews for that job, isn't given that job, and returns to that job. Welcome to the Unfold the Soul, Bless His Heart Leadership Podcast. This show examines the good, the bad, and the ugly experiences of a leader at that school. The content for this one-of-a-kind podcast will be the real, raw, unvarnished, unedited, and at times uncensored journal entries by the school's former principal. So get ready to lean in, learn, laugh, grow, and at times even gasp with your host, best-selling author, speaker, leadership coach, and status quo disruptor, Ken Williams. You know what? This is a podcast. I'm not going to be stopping and starting over every time I flub a word. I'm going to tell you that right up front because this is about the fifth time I'm doing this opening take. And so this is not an online course. This is not some professional development that's been pre-recorded. All that's available and all that should be close to perfect. But this is a podcast, baby. I'm just talking here. So I'm going to let it just what? Flow. Welcome back to the Unfold the Soul Bless His Heart Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Ken Williams. It is a pleasure to be here. It's been a good week on my end. And if you know me, you understand that if I don't wake up dead, it's already a good week as it is. But it's really been a good week, especially in light of what's going on in our world. One, I want to thank you, those of you who've been listening, the early responses and feedback to our podcast. It's just been humbling and heartwarming. Thank you for that. Please make time to subscribe, rate, review, and share the podcast with others. We want to stay on the radar of these podcast platforms and spread the world, the world. See, I'm not going back to record that. Spread the word. I'm not, I'm not starting over again. I'm not doing it. Also, even though this podcast is not technically a series, I am reading journal entries from my journal and um, and I'm not changing the order. And so here's my point. I looked at the data, the analytics over the first couple of days of the podcast release and noticed that one episode has been listened to significantly more than the others. And I believe I know why. Because in the title I have, my first day on campus. And I think it triggers the idea that this is like the first official podcast episode. And while it is my first day on campus, there were two episodes prior that just helped set context, the origin story and culture shock concussion, both set context and have good information. This episode, the elephant sees you too, is going to explore awkwardness, some of the anxiety that might come with the unknown. And while I'm going to go back years in my journal, I experienced some of that this week. Just finished a successful two-day workshop around our best-selling book. The workshop itself is not new. We've been doing it for a few years. However, it's been live. It's been live with between 100 and 140 people they come in teams. We have a phenomenal interactive two days where you're allowed, you're allowed to let the work breathe some. Again, very interactive, very engaging. 
And this was the first time we we're going to do this workshop virtually. And I'd be a liar if I told you that my bottom half wasn't kind of tight before it began. Just a little, just a little nervous. I've done plenty of virtual PD since March, since the pandemic, plenty of it. And I've got a rhythm going. But two straight days, two days with the same audience, you know, a part of me was a little nervous about, you know, I don't care. In my mind, like the gremlins were telling me, I don't care who you are. Like, you're going to give these folks a lobotomy over two days. But with the support from my partners and the participants who registered, I believe we did close to the best we could under the circumstances and... I don't know. They they left the, they left the conference feeling really good, and so did I. So it just kind of underscores this idea that everything we try that's new and ambitious, the stuff that sits right outside our comfort zone, is often wrought with unknown, possible anxiety, you know, opportunities for failure, which of course is an integral part of succeeding. And uh, the, t the timing was great because it, it lines up with episode four, which is definitely full of some anxiety, baby. But you can subscribe to this podcast, throw your kids out of the room, send your spouse or partner on an errand just to listen to this buttery baritone go on about his week. You want to get inside that journal, baby. It's time for the read. <laughs> I do hope things work out with my AP. I'm aware that he's been in the system for 30 plus years and has been trying for a principalship for a long time. He even applied for this school. Nice and awkward, huh? I talked with Ellie this evening and she suggested that he and I take a few minutes out of each day to reflect on situations, processes, and decisions and just kind of talk about the elephant in the room. Great. Ideas as usual from my number one mentor. God, I love her. Well, on another note, my desk, which is old as hell and unacceptable, looks like a Doberman took a shit on it. I won't put anything in the drawers and I won't unpack as a subtle act of defiance. I want new furniture. My supervisor assures me that she's working on it. I hope so, but I'm impatient. I'm signing off and going to check out Wedding Crashers tonight, alone. It's strange being in a new place without my family. I miss them terribly and love them dearly. All right, it's time for reflection, and let's get to the most important stuff first. And that's not the leadership lessons that come out of this read, but let's address the part that made me sound like a spoiled and petulant child in my own defense regarding the furniture, I was definitely acting like a spoiled and petulant child. But let me give you some context, baby. This is not just some jerk spouting off. You have to understand, I just resigned to principalship at a school that just purchased brand new office furniture for me. I was just breaking in this office furniture. I loved it. I purchased it myself, spent an entire weekend putting it together myself. I loved that furniture. And listen, it didn't come because I wanted it. I had to justify the money being spent. I believe the PTA ended up purchasing it for me 
And I mean, I coveted that office furniture. I'm not going to lie to you. They almost had to send security to walk me out of there after I resigned because, I mean, the hood may have just crept up out of me. I might have tried to slide that chair up out that piece, but I didn't. I left there with integrity, baby. I came down to Atlanta, and I walk in, and I felt like I was back at square one again with this horrible furniture. And listen, this is not in my journal, but I remember it. I opened, like, the top drawer, like you're sitting behind your desk, and you open the top drawer, the one to the left or the right, not the center one, and there was a damn mouse in that mug, and I'm going to leave it at that. Listen, the next call almost went to Remax because I was about to sell everything and go back to Maryland. That was, that, not student achievement, not the drama at the school, not the fact that we were the lowest performing school in the district, not the fact that the board at the district level was somewhat dysfunctional, like a reality show, like board members. That damn mouse in my drawer was gonna run me back. And I can't lie to you, we had a paraprofessional. I'm gonna protect her name, but uh, she earned my deep respect because she came in there and took care of things for me. And that's been our secret for like 15 years, but now I'm just putting it out there because I'm trying to be vulnerable with you. And so I was a little petulant, I'm not gonna lie to you, I was. Now eventually I did unpack and I did get, I did get new furniture and I'm grateful for it, but I, I needed to get that that off my chest first. I thought you might be distracted from all the good leadership lessons thinking about how much of a jerk I was right in that entry. All right, on to the leadership. Listen, I read these entries, man, and I reflect back, and I just have to admit, I just had my hackles up. If you can just uh, picture old old cartoons, old Looney Tune cartoons where cats were about to box and they had their their, their fists up, but like the palms were facing their, you know what I'm talking about? Like put up your dukes. Like I just had that stance the whole time. Like y'all not gonna take advantage of me. You're not gonna take, you're not gonna run over me here. I'm new. Like I had that, I had my hackles up, man. And so I was already in like that fighting stance, like uh, like Daniel-san in the Karate Kid. Like I was just permanently in that praying mantis stance or whatever the hell it was in the movie. And so that kind of framed my thinking Although when I think back now, if if I applied for a principalship today, you know, if I stopped coaching and consulting and speaking and I decided to go back to the principalship, and I learned that the, uh, the AP who was at the school also applied for the job and didn't get it, I can't tell you that years later I wouldn't walk in with some level of anxiety and wondering because it just seems natural to, you know, perhaps have... Uh, a little sour taste in your mouth as the assistant principal with the new principal walking in and you know, you've applied for this position. And I knew that the, the preview to this episode made for some good potential gossip and drama, but I hate to tell you there was none. The AP who was there and we worked together for an entire year, he was the consummate gentleman. He really was. We talked about the elephant in the room and right away he was just like, here, I'm here to support you. I'm here to support your mission and your vision. You let me know what I need to do and we'll get it done. And while lots of people would say that, you know, because it's the quote unquote right thing to say, he really meant it. Now, so my hackles were relaxed a little bit regarding how he'd feel, but I can't tell you they were super relaxed 
regarding how I thought staff might feel because he was also beloved. He's a lovely man. He's a he's a big teddy bear and and just it's he's just a very kind man and beloved by staff. One thing I loved about him is that he spoiled staff. In his office, he kept a mini fridge and would go to like Sam's Club and he would buy cases of soft drinks and then those cases of the little mini bags of like Fritos and potato chips and pretzels and invite his staff to come in, you know, as they please. And they did. They came in and they needed a snack or had to leave the home quickly that morning, didn't pack a lunch. They could always go by that office and, and, and grab a snack. And so I had my hackles up. We talked about the elephant in the room, but that really wasn't an issue. I was more concerned about the staff who loved him, you know, students loved him. But it really turned out to be very fortunate for me that I didn't have to deal with that layer of drama. I did take Ellie's advice and we started having these conversations on a daily basis. And that was really helpful. And in fact, I carried that forward once uh, the assistant principal was reassigned and I got to hire another assistant principal. I kept up that practice and that was huge. And I'll tell you why. It doesn't matter. Listen, human beings are human beings. And so I'm going to describe behavior that may sound like it's childlike behavior, but it's just human behavior. Just like in the last episode, I talked about these folks who were basically running the school. They were, I believe they were in survival mode, right? The, 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 the situation kind of pressed them into that kind of duty. What I found in, over the years, not only being a principal and working with assistant principals and being an assistant principal, but also training and coaching and mentoring principals and assistant principals all over North America, I found that if your communication protocol isn't tight, if you don't lay a foundation of how things go in terms of communication between the two of you or the three of you or the four of you, then you're going to provide opportunities where human beings intuitively are going to find ways to take advantage of you. So in English and very, uh, if you're a parent, you'll understand these terms like playing mommy against daddy. You know what I mean? And so that's one of the things that I wanted to make really clear. Those daily meetings and debriefs gave us an opportunity to figure out those areas where we needed to absolutely be on the same page and those areas where there was room for discretion. And as we got to know each other better and understand each other's leadership styles better, I know it helped in terms of messaging and communication with not only each other, but with staff and parents as well, along with students. Here's another valuable and lasting lesson I learned from that experience. And that is talking about the elephant in the room. And I am my natural wiring was that of a people pleaser, ones who uh, kind of avoid conflict. You know, I, I want people to like me and all that good stuff. And I still do. However, I'm at a point in my leadership where I don't let that get in the way of what our mission is about. And I've found that I've gotten really adept at addressing the elephant in the room. Because here's the deal. 
elephants are big. You know, I don't know a lot about them, but I've uh, watched enough of those uh, National Geographic shows to learn that uh, th- they are are friendly and gentle. But they they've got a smell now. They're not only big, but you can smell the elephant now. In the elephant's defense, in the elephant world, maybe your aqua velva smells to them. Maybe they think that's a funky smell. Maybe they think that Chanel number no. seven is funky. I don't know, but I know the aftershave they bring. Uh, it smells, and so my point is, when you've got an elephant in the room that no one's talking about. It's it's like uh, it's super obvious, but not being addressed. And so I've, I've learned to be pretty good at sensing when when there's an elephant around, because I I see it like I, I see that big thing in the room and, and I can smell it. You know what I mean? I can smell it and I can see it. And so after a while, I'm distracted from whatever is supposed to be going on because that elephant right there has got my attention. And so I bring that stuff up. And I recommend you do the same thing in your position as school leader, teacher leader, team leader. Just put it out there. My assumption most of the time is everybody's thinking it anyway. Just nobody's willing to talk about it. So, hell, I'll bring it up. Sometimes I think leaders make the mistake that if if someone's not bringing up the elephant in the room, then maybe they don't see it. But I promise you they see it. Someone sees it. It's almost one of those things like, uh, you know there's something wrong here. And they know there's something wrong here. And I always assume that they know that I know there's something wrong here. So why keep it under a bushel? Let's, uh, let's bring it to the surface. Uh, let's out it and take care of it. All right, some things to consider. A couple of challenges and questions to think about. I look back and I think I expressed this in the last episode, but I'm going to say it again. Man, oh, man, in a new situation, we have to embrace that there are things that we need to learn. And it's okay to kind of switch off into an objective type of diagnostic mode to do those things. I was diagnostic, but I wasn't objective. I went in there like all tensed up, like, you're not going to get me. I'm going to get you first before you get me while I took it all in. But I think I would have. I would have assessed things better. My stress levels would have been a little lower. I think I almost had this mindset like, um, the first impression you get from me is going to be the lasting one. So if you think I'm going to take this shit off you, it's not going to happen. So I'm going to, I'm loaded for bear. And well, I don't think it came out, you know, outwardly. You know, I, I didn't go in like taking heads off or anything like that, but I know my body felt that way. And that was my mindset. My, Things here need to change. And so I was just tensed up for it. And I know, you know, in hindsight and having helped schools work through reculturing, that the first stage is to assess your current reality, right? We got to assess the current reality and then build shared knowledge about where we want to go. We need to get clear on shared mission and shared purpose. And I knew we would get to those things, but man, I was... I was Junior Mike Tyson there, ready, loaded for bear. My other question or challenge for you is this. School leaders, principals, assistant principals, school deans, head of school, whatever the title is, do you have time set aside, ideally on a daily basis, if not several times during the school week, where you process the day? 
the good, the bad, the ugly, the challenges, the victories, the questions you have, the processes you went through? Do you have that in place? Because it is invaluable time to come together. It will help with everything. It'll inform your communication, your alignment, your messaging. It will inform how you deal with behavioral issues, both adult and student issues, baby. It will just make you a better team. And so if you don't have that time in place, I'm going to strongly recommend that you make that happen. I wasn't born yesterday. I didn't just fall off the turnip truck. I know you've got stories to share. I know you've got celebrations to be had. And I want to make you part of the show. If you've got celebrations that you'd like to have announced publicly, if you've got a question that you'd like me to take a shot at answering, or if you've got a trifling story that's just going to make us gasp or laugh, I'll change the names to protect the innocent, baby. I just need you to share. Send an email to blesshisheartken, all one word, blesshisheartken, K-E-N, at gmail.com. I want to create a little segment on the podcast now. Let's make that happen. If you like what you heard in this episode, please take a moment to subscribe, rate, review, and most importantly, please share this podcast with others who might benefit from its content. On the next episode of the Unfold the Soul, Bless His Heart Leadership Podcast, I have my first leadership team meeting. And look, put a napkin in your lap because the tea be spilling, baby. The tea is starting to spill. Thank you again for making time in your day to join me here on the Unfold the Soul, Bless His Heart Leadership Podcast. I look forward to meeting you back here next time. And remember, as tough as things can be, when you wake up on the right side of dirt, you playing with house money, baby. You are playing with house money. You've been listening to the Unfold the Soul, Bless His Heart podcast with Ken Williams. For more information about Ken, visit unfoldthesoul.com. <laughs>